This is episode number 77 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Welcome to Fearless Presentations Podcast. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps people just like you become confident and poised presenters and speakers. This is podcast number 77. And on this episode, we're going to cover part two of a multi-part session on communication skills. If you remember last week, we talked about what a what a communication coach is and how having one can really help you increase your success level fairly quickly. This week, we're going to we're going to talk about the communication skills that we have actually while we're presenting. And, and one of the things that we have to deal with a lot of times is a heckler or somebody asking a tough question. So how do we deal with situations like that? And then uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll cover a few tips on how to improve your communication skills, to really avoid conflicts, to keep people from becoming hecklers, how to build up more of a team culture within your company or your organization as well. So so stay tuned for, for all that content. The podcast is brought to you by Fearless Presentations. Hey, by the way, um, thanks to our listeners just like you, we, we've seen just a, a dramatic increase in the number of in-person Fearless Presentations classes that we've been delivering lately. And for those of you who've been listening for a while and and you might be feeling that although you love the content of the podcast, your growth is not real, is, is actually taking a little longer than you thought it was going to. That's kind of normal, by the way. Anytime we are collecting information just by by hearing or listening uh, it, but we're not actually taking that content out and, and doing something with it. It can really kind of stun our growth or actually slow down the, the growth process pretty dramatically. And, and that's where a two day fearless presentations class can really come in. It can t- help you take this great content and actually apply it in the real world, have a series of successes so that your confidence really grows. Now, we've got classes coming up in Washington, D.C., Tampa, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Dallas, Boston, Phoenix, Chicago, Seattle, Miami, Indianapolis, Charlotte, San Antonio, Houston, and San Francisco. And, and if I didn't call your city, just go to fearlesspresentations.com to access the, the full schedule. Don't forget, you can we can we actually we actually do more private public speaking classes, private fearless presentations classes for groups of five or more people than we do public classes. So all those public classes that I listened, that I listed a few seconds ago, uh, we'll do two or three times that many every year in private classes for, for companies or for groups. So if you have a group of at least five people, just give us a call, go to fearlesspresentations.com, call the 800 number or, or shoot us a, an email and uh, we can see if if we have an instructor available for a time for you, for us to come out and do a, a custom program just for you guys. So let's get on with today's podcast. So the title of, of today's session is Four Strategies for Handling Hecklers While Giving a Speech. And this is part two of our communication series a podcast a series of podcasts anyway. So if you, if one of the things that, um, that will tend to happen to us sooner or later, it doesn't really matter how 
great we are as presenters, we're going to have a situation where somebody in the audience is going to try to test us. So, by the way, if you practice great presentation skills and you focus on designing your presentations on what your audience really needs and wants, you'll likely not have much trouble with hecklers. You know, however, it only takes a single, you know, some person that's mad at the world, some mad at the world heckler to quickly turn your presentation masterpiece into, you know, a, a piece of modern art or something like that. So when you are rudely interrupted, you, you'll want to have a strategy that calms the heckler and and makes you look and continue to look like the expert in, in the room. So not necessarily the easiest thing, but these are a few simple tips that you can use to to help. So one of the more recent occurrences is is, um, is related to social media. They have these things called internet trolls, which I you know that was kind of new to me because I'm I'm an old guy. I don't spend as much time on social media as, as what some of the the younger folks here in the audience do. Um, and the so what I've what I've come to know about what an internet troll is is that that these are folks who kind of hide behind fake personas on the internet and just say rude and mean things to people. So while internet trolls and hecklers have a couple of things in common, you know, such as, you know, they're they're pretty mean. <laughs> and then secondly, they typically use, you know, uh, tough language, that kind of thing. Internet trolls are able to hide their real identity in fake, you know, online accounts. So the majority of them, if you met them in person, they're not actually going to be mean in real life. Hecklers, on the other hand, they're they're braver. They're, in fact, they're brave in a way that that they're confident in attracting the negative attention to themselves without masking their identity. So they're actually a little tougher than the online trolls. You know, the online trolls can just be ignored, whereas ignoring a heckler while you're giving a speech is it number one, it's not very easy. And number two, it can cause you to lose credibility in front of your audience. So so basically what we're going to cover today are just a few simple strategies that you can use to handle hecklers while you're actually giving a speech. So before I jump into the tips, though, let me kind of give you a little bit of cautionary information. You want to make sure that the heckler is actually a heckler, not just a skeptical audience member. It's a big, big difference. So before you go out waging war against a heckler, you should first know how to differentiate the, the heckler from just a skeptical audience member. So when I say skeptical audience member, in many cases, that's an audience member with a valid question, or, or sometimes it's just someone with a different opinion than you, and, and they interrupt your presentation. Now, both of these types of skeptics may ask a tough question, just like the, the um, heckler might, but they're likely to be polite when they do it, you know, whereas hecklers, they don't really care much about about manners. They, they, they've got an opinion and they're going to voice it. So one way, one way or another, you know, they're, they're, they're thinking anyway, to hell with decorum. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to put this person in his or her place. So the skeptics most of the time, by the way, are going to back up their opinion with evidence or some type of logical reasoning. And, and when these audience members do that, when they actually, the, the audience members that have these tough questions, when they ask the question, they're actually going to listen to what you have to say. And they're actually interested in having a thought-provoking discussion about, about what you're talking about. They might attack your ideas, but they're not necessarily going to attack you as a person. Whereas hecklers make everything personal. <laughs> they rant about you, you know, they, 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 um, they, in fact, when they're ranting about you, they, they may or may not actually rant about your ideas. So the, the, um, the, the ideas are beside the point. A lot of times they just want attention. So the hecklers really need to be shut down and skeptics um, there and the more thorough um, questioner, the person who's asking that tougher question, 
they don't have to be shut down. In fact, you kind of like them. In fact, they they just need to be convinced. You, you want to be more persuasive with that person. You, you want to kind of win them over. Because when you do, when you win over the skeptic, you're actually, they'll actually turn into your best ally. If you went over somebody who was who is skeptical about what you're talking about, then their belief level increases pretty dramatically. And it's actually going to make you a much better presenter. So so keep that in mind when you're when you think you're dealing with a with a heckler, make sure that you're not overreacting. You want to make sure that you're not, um, like I said, kind of waging war against somebody who just has a has a good question. All right. So these are four things that you can do when you actually get one of those folks that are hecklers. So one, one of those one of these people that are just, you know, they're, they're annoying. They, they're they're trying to put you on the spot. They're trying to test you. And and most of the time you can really tell the heckler because of the number of times that they will do this. You know, m- more often than not, the person that just has a, 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 a thought provoking question or a, a difficult question, they might ask that question. And once you answer it, they're like, OK, I, I believe this person now and, and they're they're likely to kind of back off. Heckler, on the other hand, will tend to kind of push a little bit more. So one of the things that you want to really keep in mind about dealing with a with a heckler is that you want to avoid shooting them down premature, prematurely. So um, before you just kind of um, they want they're they're attacking you, they want you to attack back. So just be careful about that. The first first you want to find out exactly what they're complaining or arguing about. And, but one of the best ways to do that is to ask some thought-provoking questions or some probing questions to them. So you can ask questions like, hey, before I answer that, just out of curiosity, why do you ask? <laughs> so, by the way, that's a beautiful question. I, I have that, I mean, I, I, I have that particular question kind of seared away in my brain to where I ask it in a lot of different situations because it can help me get out of a, a lot of trouble. So again, that question is before I answer that, just out of curiosity, why do you ask? You know, why are you asking that? Another question might be, can you give me an example of that? So basically, all you're trying to get them to do is before you respond, and um, especially before you respond in an argumentative way, you want to give them a chance to add more clarity. Sometimes they just want to vent. And if you ask a question back of them and you let them vent a little bit, you'll you'll pick up on what the real the real problem is if you listen closely to them, by the way, when they when they give their answers to you, a lot of times they'll reveal why they're heckling you in the first place. Sometimes it's a grudge. You know, sometimes it's something personal. It's and in other cases. And, and in fact, in most cases, I find it's misplaced anger. Sometimes they just want to vent. In, in any of those cases, the question is a good way to kind of deal with each one of those three situations. So whatever the reason You'll you'll be more prepared to address the problem once you really know what's really happening in their head or why they're actually doing what they're doing. So in mo- most cases, by the way, where I don't have a history with the heckler, I'm I'm a guest speaker or something like that. The reason that they're heckling me or the reason why they're interrupting me is because of some type of misplaced anger. The heckler isn't really mad at me. He or she is often mad at the situation that they find themselves in. And a lot of times that situation is going to predate me coming into the picture. So I, I give you a good example. Of this last year I was I was asked to to um, conduct a, a day long team building activity for a company in Houston. And the meeting was being run by three executives who were they were kind of at the same management level within their organization. And I could tell even because I wasn't the first speaker, I was I was speaking through most of the day. But the first speaker came in and she was speaking for about an hour or so. And I could tell by the way that the 
the three executives who are in the room were were kind of um, competing against each other, I guess is the best way to describe it. They would they would try to one up each other in the discussion. They would kind of and a lot of times they were doing a lot of talking, not necessarily the the people that work for them. So there was there, something underlying was kind of going on in the, in the meeting that that I was just starting to to pull together. So, um, uh, by the way, and so as the as you know, since I'm an independent third party, I'm somebody just kind of setting back, especially for that first hour or so. It's really easy for me to see that that something that's kind of going on there. Um, by the way, each of these three executives also had a number two person in the room. All, all by the way, all six of these people were were guys. There were there were, the three executives were guys, and then there each one of them had an had an assistant, a high level assistant that was kind of their right hand man. So all six of them were in the room. And um, and since I encourage a lot of interaction and discussion throughout my workshops, one of these three assistants began to become very vocal and even talk over some of the other participants as uh, in the early stages of, of the workshop. Now, my natural assumption, and I, I think most speakers in this kind of situation would think that um, that the person was a heckler and that person is just trying to cause trouble. You know, that's, I mean, that's kind of the first thing that, that I said, oh man, this is a guy's just not a nice person. And, um, but it, it was weird because, because of, because I'd gotten there early and I'd seen the way that the three executives were interacting with each other. I was noticing that the way that this guy was acting was very similar to what his boss, the way that his boss was acting, right? It's, it's, it was, it was part of their culture. So, um, it was, you know, so in this case, it was that that company structure that they had was actually causing the the three executives to be very competitive, and the tension among them, among not only them personally, but among the three departments, was was very high. So this participant was just voicing that hostility during the discussion. And but, it, you know, but the thing about it was that he was really just upset about the situation. He wasn't really upset because I was there or because of the things that I was saying. It was just, he was, he was, um, he was voicing that, that frustration that a lot of the people in the room were actually feeling. And he was just more vocal about it. So it was, it was kind of like, it was that proverbial 800 pound gorilla that was in the room and nobody was talking about it, but knew it was there, but they weren't really talking about it. So after the second time this guy interrupted me, I, I just kind of paused and I asked, Hey, you know, just out of curiosity, why are you asking that question? And at first he was just a little evasive. He just kind of gave me a, a, a one or two word answer. And, and so I just kind of rephrased that question and asked it a second time. And the second time he paused, he kind of looked around the room because he was like, ah, oh, man, because I could tell he was thinking, if I say what I really want to say, I think I'm going to be stepping in it. Right. And, uh, you know, because his boss and the other two executives were in the room and and that 800 pound gorilla was sitting right in the midst, middle of all of them. So. Um, what, what happened though, was that he, he did, he, this guy was brave enough that he actually voiced what the real problem in the, in the organization was. And once he did the damn kind of broke. So basically what, um, what happened was the, the more people in the room started that, that were probably equally frustrated, started to speak up for the first time. And it and the discussion that particular discussion really altered the content of my delivery it, and it altered the, the, the content of the workshop that I was covering pretty dramatically. And we were able to better focus on fixing the root cause of that frustration. By the way, just at, just um, as a as a point of order here is 
I never even actually had to answer the question that he asked. That second question, that tough question that he was trying to put me on the spot, I never actually answered it because the discussion started and we actually got to something that was way more relevant, the, the actual root cause of the problem. So so that's kind of step number one. Step number one when you're dealing with a, with a heckler is to avoid shooting them down prematurely, ask some clarifying questions, and that'll help you kind of think more clearly and help you get a better understanding of actually what's going on in the room. Number two is you want to involve the audience in fighting the heckler. So sometimes a heckler just wants to enjoy the, the limelight. So one of the things I like to do is I, I like to ask the audience an opinion asking question about my topic. And, and by the way, if you, if you feel uncomfortable about asking questions to your audience, make sure and, and visit the podcast that we did about uh, I think it's nine reliable ways to add audience participation to your presentation. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes so you can go back and listen to that if you haven't like, actually done so. But basically, what this does is when you ask that that thought-provoking question, that audience participation question, that opinion-asking question, it gives the heckler or even a potential heckler the chance to speak up in a more controlled way. So in most cases, a brief stint in the limelight is all it really takes to shut them up. So after that, the you know the the attention-seeking heckler will often kind of be a lot more cooperative and and be more quiet during the rest of your talk. So I typically use this technique very early in my classes. Um, I do it for a couple of reasons. Number one is I want to I want to build better rapport with the audience. I want to build that trust level, and I also want folks that are skeptical or folks that are um, have tension about coming to the class or they're they're they want to test me. I want to make sure that I'm I'm rooting that out very early on. So a good opinion asking question can help you do that. So um, after I after I um, ask that opinion asking question or what basically when I when I use that as a as a technique, it it does a couple of things. It, it I, I I one of the things I like to do when I ask that that question is I try to get as many people in the room to respond. It's an opinion, so everybody's got one, right? So I'm asking their opinion about some about the topic or about something about the topic that I'm covering, and and I'm trying to get as many people to respond as possible. Um, now, keep in mind that I'm doing this for public speaking classes a lot of times, so so um, it's very important to to get people to feel comfortable about asking questions or interrupting me if they have a question, that kind of thing. And this is a way that I kind of set the stage without having to stop and go. Um, so, by the way, if you have questions, make sure to interrupt me, right? So basically, it's giving them a a a, um, a, a permission to to interrupt me if they if they need to, and um, and it just it works really well. It, it, in, even the most critical audience member, once he or, his or, he or she has a chance to really voice their opinion and their is, opinion is validated by the person who's up in front of the group, that trust level will increase dramatically. So again, if you, if you need tips on that, make sure and go back and listen to the nine reliable ways to add audience participation to your presentation because it, it gives you a lot of great tips on how to, to get the audience involved in a real positive way and keep the heckling from starting in the first place. So number three is to use silence as your as your ally. So most people don't want to be embarrassed in front of a crowd. And by the way, I don't I'm not telling you to embarrass the person. That's but sometimes if you have somebody that is trying to embarrass you as a speaker, you actually have to retaliate a little bit. And this is a really soft way to do that. Kind of put the person in his or her place without raising a lot of resentment with that person. So. Um, in, in the case of hecklers, you know, some of them, if, if they are brave enough to speak out, you know, and they're trying to demand attention, 
their confidence will actually waver when the crowd actually turns around to pay attention to them, right? So, so basically all you have to do is when the person kind of interrupts you is just kind of stop talking and just stare directly at the person for, for a few seconds. It doesn't take very long, by the way. When you're staring at that person, and especially if you kind of change your facial expression just a little bit, then what happens is everybody will kind of wonder what you're looking at because you're looking at that same place, place and then all of a sudden – the whole group starts turning in there and they're gazing upon that person that asked the question. So the puzzled and somewhat annoyed look <laughs> of the other audience members, you know, sometimes it'll give that heckler cause to, you know, it, it'll cause a, a quite a bit of discomfort. And, and as a result, they'll think twice about about interrupting again. So, like I said, it's, it's kind of a soft way to kind of put them in their place without trying to embarrass them or anything like that. That's number three. The fourth thing is really, I think it's the best way to deal with hecklers. And really, this is the best way to deal with any types of questions, especially uh, questions where folks uh, are trying to put somebody on the put the speaker on the spot is to respond with an example or a story. And that can actually really stave off not only that heckler, but more hecklers that are that are potential in the room anyway. So the absolute best way to use the example or story. um, um, And in fact, by the way, we. We spend a lot of time on this in the fearless presentations class. So if you have it, if you if you if you feel uncomfortable when folks interrupt you with a question, we do a whole session toward the end of class uh, about how to deal with tough questions and how to speak on, a, on impromptu situations if somebody puts you on the spot. And a good way to to deal with that is with examples or stories from your own personal experience. And we show you how to think of it on the spot. So it's a it's a really valuable um, session in in the class. So so. By the way, when people are argumentative or they're angry, facts and data, they often just escalate the argument. So you can so um, if if a heckler is asking you a a difficult question or they're trying to put you on the spot and you respond with a piece of evidence, basically all you're doing is you're telling that heckler, now I'm right and you're wrong, right? Which is the exact opposite of what you want to do. Because once you once that person feels like you've put him or her in their place and they're already angry, they're already mean, there's a good chance they're going to intensify that that behavior. And so you're most likely going to get a response from that that heckler that they're just going to respond with a more difficult question. They're going to respond in a more angry way. So, and a lot of times we, we like to think of facts as being indisputable, but in fact, um, you know, statistics and facts, they can be manipulated by creative people to prove their points. And this happens because any fact can be disputed with another fact. <laughs> so the old, the old Mark Twain quote is um, there are lies, damn lies and statistics, you know, and that, that, that quote is very true. Uh, a speaker's natural response to a tough question is to use facts and, and statistics to prove that they're right. But this often just backfires. Um, stories and examples, though, are a powerful way to disarm that negative speaker. A speaker, an example, especially one where you, the speaker, was an eyewitness. It's indisputable. Nobody can say, oh, that didn't really happen because you're speaking from about something from your own personal experience. It helps you build rapport with the audience. It helps you build rapport with that heckler. And the heckler can't respond by by saying that your story isn't true or giving you a series of facts that prove that your story isn't true because the story is yours. You were there. You know, you were the eyewitness. So it takes a lot of the argumentative part of a, of a of response to a heckler out of the whole picture. So that, by the way, the technique takes a little bit of practice, but it works almost, it works pretty much hundred percent of the time. So um, if, like I said before, we spent about better part of a day or so, half day or so um, 
uh, covering this in the fearless presentations class. So if this is something that you have a, a little challenge with, then um, make sure and attend one of our two day fearless presentations classes. So thanks a lot for being a part of the fearless presentations podcast this week. This is like I said, this is part two of a multi-part series on communication skills. When we come back next week, I'm going to give you some, some things that you can do to really build that trust and rapport with the audience. It's the kind of things that you can do ahead of time to keep the heckler from appearing. So ways to really build that, that trust level with your group. So we'll see you next week on the Fearless Presentations Podcast. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.